Hello and welcome to the first ever recording of the PetSat podcast. I'm joined today by Ellie Marriott. Ellie graduated from Bristol in 1999, joined Castle Vets in 2005 and became a partner in 2010. Ellie is an RCVS advanced practitioner in small animal medicine uh, with a focus on feline medicine and has been admitted to the ISFM Academy of Feline Practitioners. So we're excited to talk to Ellie about all things cat today. Welcome, Ellie. Hiya, thanks. Ellie, you and I met back in January, but I want to start a bit before that. When and how did you know you wanted to be a vet? Um, well, that was a bit of a funny one, really. I, I didn't have a huge calling to become a veterinary surgeon, which is unusual, I think, in our profession. Yeah. Um, I um, was really interested in science. Um, my dad's an academic and a scientist, um, so I knew I wanted to do that, but I didn't want to work with people. So I didn't want to be a doctor because that was working with people. <laughs> um, and um, a friend of mine um, who at sixth form was like oh just shut up Eleanor and apply for veterinary medicine because we know that's what you you want to do really um and so I listened to her (laughs) (laughs) here I am um now what I discovered when I became a vet is actually being a vet is a lot about um looking after people and um you know interacting with people but um Contrary to what my 17-year-old self thought, I actually really enjoyed that. That's my favourite part of the job is um, making people happy and obviously looking after pets, but it's a, it's a nice mix. Definitely, definitely. It's that collaboration with the owner to make sure the pet gets what they need, hey? Yeah, absolutely. That's it. And it's it's like different people have different needs and wants. And um, I think the nicest thing about being in general practice is you have a real spectrum of people with different um beliefs about their pet and different wants and and you get to do a whole different range of um, things from very basic medicine up to you know really um, advanced stuff yeah and you've now been a partner at castle vets for what a decade how has that changed yeah that well that's just flown by I just you know I can't really believe it's been that long really and there's been a lot of learning on the job and and the practice has um, changed a lot since I became a partner we're a lot bigger team now um mm-hmm probably three times what we were in terms of like nursing and support staff um so it's been a it's been a journey and and I'm still learning all the time um I love it yeah it's it's hard sometimes you know to be running a business and where I mean I'm still working full-time as a clinical vet as well yeah Uh, but yeah I really enjoy it it's another another challenge I suppose yeah yeah and and more working with people on a whole nother level That's right. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Human resources is a whole whole kind of area, um, which is a, is a big challenge, I think. And, you know, yeah, just lear- learning every day about that is, um, is fascinating. Um, I did do um, uh, some modules, business study modules with um, Liverpool University as well. I finished my Cert AVP because I'd started a Cert AVP um, in feline medicine and then the ISFM had announced that they were going to um, recognise the Australian memberships, which is equivalent to a certificate basically in yeah. feline medicine. So I switched track and, and went off and did that and then, um, you know, got my memberships of the Australian College in Medicine of Cats and then um, thought, what should I do with this uh, AVP that's half finished? So I, I finished that in, in business studies, which has been really interesting and, and um, marketing and um, human resources and um, strategy were my three modules. So enjoyed that too. Hats off to you um, keeping so firmly abreast with your continual professional development and uh, working as a vet full-time and running a business. I remember when I uh, used to run veterinary practices, 
sitting as a vet in a new location, kind of hoping people wouldn't come in so I could get my work done. And that's when <laughs> I knew that had to come to an end because that's not a good position to put yourself yeah, in, hoping people sorry. don't come through the door. Yeah, um, exactly. As a vet and a business owner, what are some of the key difficulties, frustrations you've faced? Um, oh, uh, I think, um, yeah, I think time management, like you say, it's, um, there's so many things I want to do, um, with the business and, um, so many ideas I have. And I think it's frustrating because I only get a 10th of the time, um, that I would like to yeah. have. And, um, you know, so yeah, that's, I think that's time management would be my answer. <laughs> yeah. And so, Castle Vets went live with PetSap in March 2020. Has that done anything to help you with the time management? Has it been another drain on your time? Has it been one more thing? How 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 has that been? No, not at all. I think to the contrary, actually, and um, we were really lucky with when we installed um, PetSap because you know we met in in January and I chatted to you and I was impressed with PetSap, so decided to go ahead and install it. Um, I think we did the training a week before lockdown happened, um, and um, it's been I mean it's just been amazing in lockdown because we have been able to like. I know you guys are really hot on the sort of kind of prioritizing um, the chats and being yeah. able to answer people in your own sweet time. Um, and that's been so helpful, especially when we've all been worked, you know, we've, we furloughed 75% of our staff. Um, mm -hmm. So we've been very few support staff um, trying to do an awful lot of things every day um, and just being able to sort of manage that um, and manage our time with our clients and, and the clients love it too, because they can send us a, a message um, in the middle of the night if they want to. Um, and then we can get back to them when we're when we open at eight. So you're receiving messages during the night, but there's no expectation that you're going to be responding to them out of hours. No, not at all. I mean, we 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 customed our little message. You know, there's an automated message that goes back to the clients when they send us a message saying we only we you know we will answer these between eight and and four Monday to Friday. Yeah. That's obviously bespoke to us. Everybody can set what they want and that was realistic for us at the time of covid I mean, we may review that as time goes on mm -hmm. um and and it's been great for the bank holidays and stuff when we've you know ve day this year which was you know a bit of a non-event unfortunately wasn't it but that was yeah. a different bank holiday but i was able to change that and say we are closed it is a bank holiday remember <laughs> um mm. and so that's been really helpful brilliant brilliant and, and how have the team responded to it i mean you said that you had a lot of them on on furlough have they started coming back what does that look like yeah, I mean, so I think COVID was really helpful to us for for implementing change, actually, because that's always a big battle with anything like this. Um, I've certainly tried to implement change unsuccessfully previously. <laughs> um, but I think with this particular situation, because we only had four nurses um, working with the with the three partner vets, they um, quickly realised how useful it was for, for being able to manage their time. Um, we did have um, email, we were allowing clients to email us, we were trying to avoid phones because we, we have um, voice over internet phones at our practice, so we have unlimited lines coming in. So we were trying to discourage people from phoning us because there weren't enough people to answer the phone. Um, yeah. and, and they quickly saw how cumbersome emails are for, for having a, a, a conversation yeah. with people because you can't follow the thread easily um, you can't take payment in an email for example so quite quickly I think um, the nurses who were working could see the contrast between PetSat which was you know doing everything we wanted and more um, versus emails and, and people phoning us to pay us over the phone which is you know really painstakingly slow and yeah. um, 
fraught with difficulties. Um, so I think that was great. And then because the four nurses that were sort of working with us in the early days when we were in proper lockdown, they um, quickly got used to it and enjoyed it. And then as we brought people back from furlough, gradually, they've kind of just picked that up from the people that were already there and the expectation this is how we do things now um and that's been really helpful yeah definitely not that i would wish anyone to have a pandemic so that they can <laughs> change in their practice <laughs> exactly we, did, we certainly didn't build the product sort of in anticipation we were no we had no more foresight than anyone else no um, absolutely but it's certainly been an interesting time um, to, to manage a business through, and, and you guys have done phenomenally well. Your, your engagement on PetSAP has been has been incredible. And it's interesting what you're saying there, that there's this sweet spot between a telephone call and a, a sort of video consult, which is this sort of live interaction. Mm-hmm. And then there's email, which is pay, painfully asynchronous. And then the text chat kind of sits somewhere in the middle there where it's something where you have a bit longer to respond to it. You don't have to respond instantly, but you could, depending on um, the appropriate level of prioritization. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's it. And I mean, even on the weekend, if I'm on call, um, I will keep a check on it. Because if someone rings in and says, help, my dog's bleeding to death, then I can respond to that and say, I'm going to phone you. Um, but, you know, yeah. there's no there's no need for me to respond to those and to check those. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great being able to sort of prioritize your your workload and and have some have some kind of um i think it's really important for stress management to have some um uh, what do you call it um to have some grasp of your own workflow to be able to pick yeah. and choose when you work you know and i know that that's, yeah. that's considered a major stressor to people yeah in our profession because quite often you just don't have that control over your workflow but but with the chats you definitely do and with video consults if you're um sort of setting those for a certain time of day then you can set them for a time that suits you yeah we talk about the tyranny of the telephone and i remember (laughs) just training the teams that i used to manage um in veterinary clinics you know you got three three rings to answer the phone and if it's wrong any longer than that then you you've um sort of fallen short of expectations and you've got to prioritize the telephone because like you say that the patient on the other end of it could be in desperate need or it could just be someone with a non-urgent request you don't know you've got to interrupt the service interaction that's in front of you to take that call and then you're on the phone and it's hard to get off the phone again so definitely have sympathy with that did you find that you did achieve a, a fall in sort of telephone call volumes um yeah definitely um we implemented a um a, a sort of um a menu you know menu options which you know everyone hates yeah. but we, we implemented that and at the beginning of that it was like if you're calling about anything routine if you want to book an appointment or order medications please use pets app um so we were trying to divert people off the phone and I definitely feel that 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 really helped brilliant and so pets app enables text chat video consults, digital payments, among a few other things. If you could only keep one of those features, which would it be? Oh, I think it would probably be the text chats. I mean, um, we have used video consults, definitely. And they're really, and we've found them really helpful for lots of situations, especially during the lockdown. Um, But I think the text chat, um, for me, because of the prioritisation of the work, et cetera, um, that, that would be the one I would keep but I would like to keep them all please actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're not we're not taking any away we'll, 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 we'll be adding more don't worry um no I, I I think that's interesting because there has been this emphasis on video consults as if a mm-hmm. video consult can be a, a like for like 
replacement of a, mm. a physical consultation. And, mm. and that was never really our aim. That was not our ambition. We were seeking mm. to augment the current experience, not, not replace any one part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the classic one is post-op checks, which um, because we are, I mean, we're still working at um, 50, you know, reduced um, work um, efficiency at the moment because our consults take us longer um, and we don't have nurse consults at the minute running. We just have the vet ones running. So so we have limited space for consultations. And so things like post-op checks, it's been great for that because, you know, really at the end of the day, you need, you need to ask the owner that the pet's well and eating and drinking, going to the toilet okay, and you want to see the wound. But do you need to see every patient physically? Probably not. And so that's that's been really helpful for those sorts of ones where it's just a quick two day check. Um, it saved the owner bringing them to us. It saved our appointment times. Um, we've done that either via, via video or photos in the chats um, and, and a little chat with the owner to check the patient's doing OK. And then seeing them back as sort of seven to 10 days post-op to to you know give a physical check and that, I can really see us carrying that on going forward. Brilliant. I, I think doing that sort of thing, at least this was the vision, you sort of increase compliance. The owner's more likely to, to follow up with you and you're more likely to be able to have that chance to advocate for that patient. And if they need to come in, you're there to be able to tell them, you know, hey, come in. I think that's important, isn't it? That there's no hesitation to say if they need to come in, come in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the, the owners um, like the reassurance um, that um, they're doing the right thing by contacting the vets. You know, so we'd get a lot of photos and things coming through just in the general chat to the reception team. Um, mm -hmm. You know, do, is this a problem? Should I, you know, sh what should I do about this? And often we convert that to a physical appointment. They're like, yeah, you need to come in and see the vet about that. Um, so it's it's driving footfall, which hopefully as as um, restrictions ease, then, you know, we'll be um, improving proving footfall and, and um, increasing turnover. Brilliant. So you, it, it sounds like you're using it as a in two ways to improve your capacity, but then also increase um, footfall as and when you have that spare capacity. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what we will be using it more and more for. Um, and I think, um, you know, with my cat hat on, um, we know, and I forget the fig the exact figure, but a lot of cats don't ever see a vet. You know, they did a they did a load of research in the States not long ago, um, and a staggering number of cats have never been to a vet's. Um, and and um, owners just don't see that as necessary but I'm hoping that as I promote this you know we're a cat friendly clinic with the ISFM um, so I'm I'm hoping that as um, things ease um, I will be able to start to promote that as you know a way of cat owners who perhaps don't don't haven't ever been to a vet to get to get in touch with us and, and see what we can do to advocate for their pet. Yeah that was something that frustrated me uh, when I was in practice is that we seem to see cats less and less as they get older when we really should be seeing them more and more. Yeah, that's it. And just um, the opportunity to have a, a conversation with um, people about their pets and, you know, about their cats and what, what you know, what to look out for and, and, and why they should be coming for a health check and a blood pressure check. You know, though, that would be really awesome if we um, managed to encourage people who perhaps don't bring their cats in to to bring them yeah. in. We, we could do that through the um you know as well as me just mounting a general marketing campaign around that we could also use obviously the the push notification um 
campaign in in PetSap to contact our current pet sapping um, clients who might have brought the dog in six times since lockdown began, but haven't actually ever brought their cat to the vet. And it will be a way of us contacting them. We've seen that actually, Ellie. We've seen um, people send invites to uh, people who they thought were dog owners to join um, PetSap. And then they've added a cat that the practice never knew about. Yeah, that's it. Um, because if you'd never seen that cat, you wouldn't know they exist, but they're kind of encouraged to add all their pets in. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely um, I'm very excited for the future in terms of um, providing better care to the pets around here. And, and you know, I, I do offer home visits as well to, to owners who are worried about the cats and they worry about traveling them. But there are so many yeah. things that we can do to help with travel. But if I can just have that conversation to begin with to say, you know, yeah, your your cat needs to see a vet and this is why and you're worried about putting them in the box well how about we try some fell away how about we try some gabapentin um how about you know um we get them used to the box in in the house there's so many things that we can do to help how about i come out to you and do a home visit you know those they're all possibilities but i think people don't realize they exist and so the conversation never gets started yeah Yeah. that's it it'll be great to get the, the the message out to people definitely definitely so what would you say to someone considering implementing virtual care at their own clinic? Um, do it. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. It's, it's the future. Um, I'm very much an early adopter of technology and, and it was Definitely. certainly my passion for that, um, which led to me going to the, the digital stream at SPIVS um, in January where I saw you talk and um, was just, you know, really impressed with PetSap because I, I looked, I went to the exhibition before the any of the lectures to look around because I was thinking that this was something we needed to implement um, and I thought PetSap was the best out of all the ones that were on show at SPIVS. Um, and then I heard you talk and I thought, yeah, this is the one for us. Um, and um, yeah, there we go. Thank <laughs> you. Definitely do Ellie. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We echo that. Thanks, Ellie, for joining us for the first ever episode of the PetSat podcast and for all your patient advocacy efforts and for the engagement that you and your team have, have had on the platform. Really appreciate it. All right. Thanks very much, Tom. Mm-hmm.